As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast, unrivaled, unmatched, and unequal. Hogan Johns covering the Bears from CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros. The incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? What's going on? Two pods in two days. How about that? The energy. I have the energy. I have the Kevin Warren uh, nonstop energy going vibe going. Uh, that, that, no, no, I don't think you do. That's a you, lie. I mean, you may have been up at 4 o'clock as well, but for different reasons. Not to yeah. work out and, you know, stare at the George Hallis statue. You're, you know, hanging out with a baby probably. Literally just fed a baby about oh, like 30 minutes ago. A couple good burps. Poured myself a coffee. Let's talk some bears. <laughs> right back at it. Love yes. it. Um, fun episode for you. I hope everybody enjoyed yesterday's episode. Um, it's been crazy, crazy week, quite frankly. But um, if you missed it for any reason, go back and check it out. We had a bunch of the sound from the Kevin Warren press conference and breaking it down and reacting. So a lot of good conversation in there. Um, today, we thought we'd do a Q&A with you guys. So we got a bunch of questions from Twitter that we're going to go over and, um, and then pick these games for the weekend and hopefully maybe take a breather and watch some football, which would good be nice. football. Yeah. I'm excited about that. So a um, little bit of news though, we wanted to discuss off the top uh, the, you know, I got to say when, when we talked to Ryan Holes on Tuesday, he seemed like really prepared for the possibility that Ian Cunningham might be gone his assistant general manager. And then it was only like three hours later that the Titans hired Rand Carthon instead. And it was like, okay, Ian's not going anywhere. So Good for the bears. Yeah. The, he, I wonder like if he was like, if that was like literally going on as all of that was playing out with the Titans. Trying, because like it was he's, like, in the, he's in the Kevin Warren press conference, checking his phone to make sure that his, Assistant well, GM is, is staying put. If I remember right, it was during the press conference that Mike Garofolo tweeted out that Ian Cunningham was getting a second interview. Yeah. And then like three hours later, they just hired Rand Carthon from the 49ers. So uh, anyway, 
It's good news for the Bears because it it sure sounds like Ian Cunningham's going to be sticking around for what is a very crucial and big offseason. Because the only two GM jobs that were open were were the uh, Cardinals and Titans, and they're both filled. Yeah, and I thought the Titans was a unique job because you're basically, well, Mike Vrabel's the football boss there in a sense, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily know the structure and how they but do it. But you're inheriting a coach that's yeah. very successful, and if you read some of the reports down there, one his power struggle with the former GM who was fired like mid season this year. Yeah. And it was weird. Cause they're, you know, they're not a horrible team. They're right there in the playoff mix. And you're just firing a GM right in the middle of the year. It was, it was somewhat odd. So usually when that happens, there's some type of power struggle. And so I'm sure Mike Vrabel had, uh, you know, a lot to say about that hire. But um, it's not Ian Cunningham. And um, but I still thought it was interesting what Paul said, because he said, you know, look, when I when we hired him, I didn't think he'd be here long. And I already have a plan in place for when he gets a job because he's going to get a job. It's like I didn't necessarily think it'd be this fast, but, you know, he's going to be getting a job soon. So it does sound like the Bears will get Ian Cunningham for at least one more year, though. Don't forget that the Bears had Joe Douglas. Yep. Like pe- people forget that Joe Douglas worked for Ryan Pace before Joe Douglas left and eventually became the New York Jets general manager. Mm-hmm. And then he drafted Zach Wilson over. Yeah. But with Ian Cunningham, it's the, you know, he's a black assistant general manager. If he leaves, the Bears get draft compensation, but he has to be here for two full seasons. That's the league rule, isn't that? Oh, I didn't even know that part, to be honest. I just assumed that they would get it. So no, no, two so if years. He left. The Bears wouldn't have gotten anything. Correct. Oh, that's even bigger. Because isn't that two third round picks? I'm not sure what the total draft compensation is, but I do know it's two years on staff. Interesting. So, well, that's. I mean, that's definitely notable. Um, but. As the Bears start prepping for all this stuff and, you know, heading to East-West Shrine Games and Senior Bowls, and that's the other news. Luke Getzey's going to be the head coach of one of the Senior Bowl teams, which is interesting. They, they've they switched this up. They're trying to make the East-West Shrine Game matter more, I think, but it's weird because now there's a crossover between the two games in the same week, and it kind of actually makes it difficult for um, these teams having to split up their staffs, I guess, but... They're alternating years in which teams have full staffs coaching these games versus mixed staffs. So this year, the Patriots and Falcons are coaching the East-West Shrine game. And at the Senior Bowl, it's a mix of all types of assistant coaches from all over the league. And that is why Luke Getze, the Bears offensive coordinator, is the head coach of one of the teams. But still an advantage for the Bears, still a good opportunity for them. Um and maybe they send more people down than they normally would, you know, whatever. Well, I, I guess we'll find that out in the next couple of weeks. But good opportunity for Luke Getzey, good opportunity for the Bears. For a team that needs offensive tackles, offensive guards, and a center. <laughs> is, that all, is that the entire offensive line there? Um, yes. Help a wide receiver, maybe another running back. Maybe Having Luke Getze, yeah. <laughs> maybe a backup all quarterback. All of the above, God. All of the above. Check check that. All of the above. Yeah. Option E. It helps to have your offensive coordinator, like your chief 
offensive mind in the building, like coaching that entire team. You get a good vibe, not only for their skills, but for their personalities. And it's a great opportunity for him. I know some Bears fans kind of roll their eyes at him being head coaching candidate, but we're not like making this up. Like the vibe on him coming in is he's got the charisma, can can, can handle the room, is a very good coach, good with quarterbacks. Like that's all attributes that teams like in head coaches. He had that vibe coming in. That was from league contacts all over. Uh, and now this is a great opportunity for him to actually take over a team. What do you remember about the last time the Bears coached the Senior Bowl, which was 2017? <laughs> Somewhere in the archives, there's some podcasts that we have from Mobile, Alabama from that week. And and our guy, John Fox. You know, I'm not an office coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. I just... <laughs> <laughs> like, I think like the front office was just kind of ecstatic after yeah. like having that opportunity. But I just remember like John Fox loathing the idea and yeah. not like enjoying himself in, in any shape or form down there. And he gave off that vibe like in interviews. I remember like running across the, like there, there was some giant convention center uh, hotel slash thing, whatever, and, and like running to talk to the Bears staff. And John Fox, had, he had like just no interest in wanting to, to, to be there and, and talking no, about No, he's players. like, I, I want to be a Marco Island right now in my boat. I mean, I can't answer that. I mean, this is like, I don't know, horse racing. <laughs> but but that, like that's what I remember is like like Ryan Pace and his crew wanted to be there, but John Fox had zero to no interest in wanting to coach college players. I, I, I just love that they look, I know the draft board is set up the way it is and you you, you take the best player there and of course they tr- they made the trades that they did that that was the year they took Mitch Trubisky so they lost some draft picks after making that trade and at the end of the day they had five picks only one of which was from the senior bowl Jordan Morgan they literally I should bring up Potsy's tweet from yesterday because he had a list of all the players that um that they coach which included Cooper Cup right and and they didn't draft any of them. So. I'm looking at the rosters. Um, Nathan Peterman was one of the quarterbacks. This is like the, this is who they coached. CJ Beathard, Nathan Peterman. I'm just throwing out some notable names. Zay Jones, Cooper Cup, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Um, Who else do we have? Here? Hassan Reddick. Larry yeah. Ogunjobi. Larry, uh, Vince Beagle. Linebacker. Badger, um, Jordan Lewis, Michigan. Remember, he he was pretty good. Zay Jones, Zay Jones. Yeah, I mentioned Zay Jones. Jaleel, Jaleel Johnson, Larry Ogunjobi. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, good call, good pull. Dan Feeney. They got Jordan Morgan though. Mm-hmm. Never, never forget. You know, there's some unfamiliar area or infamiliar, whatever that word is, non-familiar. Um, uh. Didn't want to be there. Good times. <laughs> Good times. I don't know. Did we even want to be there? I'm not sure. I, you know what? Mobile grew on me over the years. It did, but I think that's the last time I've been there. Because I, I, I started going to the Super Bowl instead, and that's just a lot to be gone for basically I was two doing weeks. both at that time. Um it's funny covering this sport. Like they don't prepare you for some things you have to learn. Like 
like boozing and schmoozing in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. Like, I know my way around Mobile. Uh, I know my way around Indianapolis quite well. I never get lost in that massive Indiana Convention Center. No. Probably. It's, no, it's, it's, it's that's a skill, like a I think. home for us. Yes. Know every yes. little corner and way to get around downtown Indy. <laughs> Where like the, the secret bathrooms are. Yes. In the big place, if you want a little privacy. <laughs> See, Mobile's changed, though. I don't even know what it's like down there. They the It's in a new stadium. It's true. I don't even know if it's located in the same spot. It's been so long. I will say, you know I'm an old-fashioned guy. I drink old fashions. I had the best old-fashioned I still, I still consider it the best old fashioned I've ever had. That's not at Veets, though. No, 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 definitely not at Veets. I don't even know Veets if they make old di- there. Veets is a dive bar where all sorts of NFL types hang out at. It's across probably the where COVID started, <laughs> amongst <laughs> other pandemics. Yeah. Um, no, remember there was like a new side, like down one side street from Veets. There was like some bar we discovered. It was probably that year. And it was like weirdly classy. Not the hotel one, but like there was another one. I forget what it, I forget what it's called. Anyway, I ordered the old fashioned there and it was like, it's still, I can consider it the best one. So, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going down to Mobile. If I am, I'll have to uh, find find that old fashioned. All right, Fishman will be there for us. All right, um, you want to get to you want to kick us off with some of these questions that you solicited? Yes, yes, yes. Let's start with the football questions, and let's start with I kind of have draft here first, but free agency becomes before that. So let's start with that. This is from Tony on Twitter. Would you rather sign a left tackle in free agency or draft one in the first round after trading back? Um, ooh, that's a good question. I think I'd rather sign one. Correct. I agree. I'd rather have, like, just even look what Jason Peters did last year for the Bears. I mean, Jason you want Peters more. just played in the playoff game the other day. I didn't know. finish it, but he was he, in it. He didn't finish it, but the point is, is like, you just knew what you were going to get. Now, you want somebody that has more longevity than that, right? No one's out here saying sign a 40-year-old left tackle. But you saw the growing pains. Granted, Braxton Jones was a fifth year, uh, a fifth round pick, not a first round pick. But even some of these first rounders, you look around the league, they take they take a while. They're not perfect as rookies. Um, so I would prefer not to use my first round pick on a t- on an offensive tackle. Get ideally get one of these superstar defensive guys, right? And sign, I think the perfect scenario, and I don't know if Braxton Jones can move the right tackle, but he sure seems to have the capability of playing in this league. So if you can sign a stud left tackle, lock it down over there, move Braxton Jones over to the right side, then use your first round pick on a different position, I think that's the perfect scenario. Well, I think that discussion probably starts and ends with Orlando Brown. Yeah. Does it not? Ryan Poles should be very familiar with him after the Chiefs acquired him from the Ravens. He's the He's been the Chiefs starting left tackle since. And he's the youngest left tackle on the market. 27, 27 years old. I don't think he, he's even 27 years old yet. Yeah, he's going to get a good payday. The Bears have the money, man. 
that's that's money well spent to me. So now you have Orlando Brown at left tackle. You move Braxton Jones to right tackle. Tevin Jenkins at right guard. Starting to come the starting to create something there. That's probably a little bit better than you started with last year. Do you think there's any chance Riley Reef comes back? They love the guy, the sheriff. Yeah, they seem to and and he he remember he started the year as their swing guard or swing tackle. They just needed to play him. So like I feel like if he comes back as the swing tackle again, then maybe on a similar contract with incentives. They seem and to the like Bears, him a lot. Yeah. Yeah, beyond actual the the actual play. One of those coach in the locker room type of players. Right. Something maybe to keep an eye on. Too. Like mentioned specifically by Ryan Poles in a season ending press conference. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Question right. two. Ready? Yeah. What are your th- what are your thoughts on Orlando Brown? We just mentioned him, Darren Payne, Javon Hargrave, and Jacoby Myers. I would sign all four of them. This is from Mark on Twitter. Wow. See, I, I think your decision is Hargrave and Payne. Well, I, I don't think if you listen to Ryan Poles' season-ending press conference, you could you could hear him basically tell everybody they're going to be very. What's the word I'm looking for here? Methodical. They're not going to. Yeah, methodical. They're not going to break the bank in every single free agent. They have the money, but they're not going to do that. I think they have to repay some of their own guys as well. I think it comes down to one big off-season signing. So I think it's either going to be Brown or Payne if he hits the market because mm-hmm. it's a left tackle and it's a three technique. Two positions, you know, Ryan Poles is not only going to covet, but value significantly going to this off-season for his team. Um, I could speak to Jacoby Myers. I like Jacoby Myers a lot. You know, I think he's a... Uh, to me, he fits a lot of what the Bears want, like in the locker room. Like the Patriots love him, and he's a good—he's a great story. Um, six two, two hundred pounds, still only twenty-six years old, just turned twenty-six recently. So, but you're also got to be realistic. You're not—you're not signing. You know, the guy who's going to get you 100 catches. Yeah. So, I don't know how much room there is. And that's a big question I have, John. like, are they going to spend big on a wide receiver, or are they just going to kind of keep patching this together with a bunch of different options? All right, so here's another good question from Mike. If the Bears were able to trade for Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, or Devontae Adams, what would the cost be for each? And I'll add something. Like, would you, would you do it? Like, what's your... Your limit. What's yeah. your price point, as some executives would say? Well, Devontae Adams, believe it or not, is like already 30 years old. Um, But to me, he seems to be at a... I think you're getting a better chance that he's going to be continue to be dominant for probably at least three more seasons. DeAndre Hopkins is 30 years old. Right, but he's... To me, starting to come down a little bit. Um, whereas his I add, numbers add, were his numbers were good when he played. 
Yeah, but I don't know. I don't like that he, you know, you're getting suspended for PEDs and all that. But I've actually talked about, I, I want to be clear on Hopkins. I, I'm not against it. I kind of like the idea, to be honest with you. Um, because if you look at Hopkins' contract, you know, it's like, nine, it, there's not a lot of guaranteed money on it. $19 million this coming year. You have the cash and the cap space to fit that in. And there's not a whole lot of, um, you know, there's it's not going to cost you two or three years from now. It's not going to put you in a bind financially. It, also, he's going to cost less. Yeah. Like Devontae Adams is going to require a haul. I don't know. Is third round pick for Hopkins? Something like that? Like and draft him. To me, that makes sense. Doesn't kill you if he doesn't. You know, if he continues to decline, you can live with it. Um, now here's the problem, though. He has a no trade clause, and is he going to demand that he gets an extension or more money to get traded? That's the big question. Mike Evans is 29, so he'll be 30 next year. He only has one more year remaining in his contract. Looking at the numbers, the cap hit, at least for the Buccaneers, is over $23 million, nearly $24 million in 2023. So I would imagine he is a potential potential something for a team who wants to acquire a receiver for a Buccaneers team that has quarterback situation in flux and seems on the verge of finally retooling after the Tom Brady era. Yeah, I mean... I, who- I, who knows what's going on there? They fired uh, they fired Byron Leftwich this morning. Exactly, exactly. I, I generally like the idea, and, and I I would say I believe if if you're going to make a serious splash at receiver, it's got to come through the trade market. And I like the idea of of giving Justin Fields that like legitimate star, even if it's Mike Evans who stars fading a little bit. Like, oh, that's a it's a proven receiver, even if it's just for a year. Yeah. Just to help Justin Fields' development in the passing game. To give him that guy when he knows he's in trouble and he sees a blitz coming that he could just put it out there and that receiver is going to help him make that catch. Yeah, and even if they're just I mean, out there, they have they're gonna command attention and now it's easier for Mooney to get open and now it's easier for Claypool to get open. All of a sudden you're not asking Claypool to be a one. Which yeah. I think you need to figure out how to do. And then you, maybe you add a guy like Jacoby Myers in there, too, or Alan Lazard. The connection with Getzy there is interesting with Alan Lazard. Something to keep in mind. Um, all of a sudden, then that that receiver group doesn't. It's not bad at all, to be honest with you. If it starts looking no. like that, this is right, from Derek. This? How low is too low to go? How low? Is too- what, what limbo? Yeah. When you were okay. when you're yep. when we're talking trade down. How low is too low to go when we're talking trade down? Personally, I think top four. But interested to see what you guys think. Love the show. Bear down. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, I did this on um let's see if I still have these notes. I did this last week. I looked at like the, every draft since twenty seventeen. So this is where to me, the answer to that question is number four. Because if you look at the top non-QBs drafted every year, usually the first one 
in actually in every case, the first one, almost every case, the first one is like a legit star. Most years, the second one is also a star, but as soon as you get after get after that, you are starting to talk about potential busts. So just to go through it real quick, 2022. So last year, right? Trevon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, both look really good. Then you go to Derek Stingley, and it's more like, eh. And then there's Sauce Gardner, though, who's pretty damn good already in All-Pro. 2021, Kyle Pitts was the first non-QB drafted. Now, that's been a little bit of a tough situation, but I think most people still think Kyle Pitts is pretty good. Right after that was Jamar Chase. That draft was ridiculous. Because then you start talking about Jalen Waddell, Panay Sewell, Patrick Sertan, Devonta Smith, Micah Parsons. That was a weird... And Micah Parsons was, was 11. Yes. Yeah. You're not, and then Rashawn Slater's there too. I mean, that was, a, that was a loaded draft. I don't think that's this draft. 2020, Chase Young's your top non-QB picked, right? After that, Jeff Okuda, hmm. Andrew Thomas... 2019, Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams at the top. Third, Cleveland Farrell. Not a good yeah, pick. I feel like that's just more Raiders than... Yeah, maybe. Uh, 2018, Saquon Barkley. Then you go down to Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb, who's obviously okay, but he's already been traded. Quentin Nelson, Roquan Smith down there. Um, 2017, the Mitch Trubisky draft. Miles Garrett at the top. The next pick was Solomon Thomas. You had Leonard Fournette. You had Corey Davis. The point. So the point being, if you, I just, I just feel like if you're, if you end up getting one of the top two non QBs, chances are the Bears are going to hit a home run. You start drifting back farther than that, you open up your yourself to bust. I think you have to be careful. If I'm the Bears, I'm operating with the mindset that I want Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or the top offensive tackle on my board. Yeah, that's it. I think four provides that. I'm not sure if seven provides that. Like those are the two teams I'm looking at. The Carolina Panthers at seven. No, the Raiders are at seven. Hold on. The Carolina Panthers at nine. Yeah. That's too far. That might be too far. Although the Carolina Panthers can give you a lot because they have a lot of assets after the Christian McCaffrey trade. But obviously, I think it all starts with the Colts because of the connections with Chris Ballard because of an owner in Jim Ursay who was tired of the veteran quarterback route. And just look what their top need is. It's quarterback. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, this is from Voss. What would the reaction be if we sticked and picked at number one? Wait, say that again? This is from Voss. What would the reaction be if the Bears sticked? Stuck. Stuck. Stuck it? Stuck. Pick stuck. it? Stuck. Flick it. Kept number one and used it. I mean, it would be disappointing, right? You're gonna be drafting the same guy you would have gotten later, but the, the, but that that means that the trade market wasn't there. I think that's why everybody is on board with sort of assuming. I saw Dane Brugler's mock draft. He's checking on the athletic. He, yeah, he made do, the one to four flip. Yeah, he doesn't usually do trades this early, but it's like I don't know. This is just a year where it seems obvious that the Bears will be looking to trade back. I I guess the. The only the only scenario to me that plays out is for whatever reason these quarterbacks cool off. There's they don't though. I know they don't. That's why I'm the, saying it. The, the uh, I mean the, the hype machine hasn't even started yet. You haven't had the pro days where you got a guy rolling to his left and he flips his hips and he puts it seventy yards down the field and all of a sudden Zach Wilson's drafted number two. What if there's fear that whoever's trying to trade with you is actually going to take? Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. That's fine. You take your haul and you get your offensive tackle. That's a risk you're willing to take. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I think if the Bears end up picking at one on draft night, to answer that question, I think it's, I think it's a disappointment. I think fans will be pissed. Who would you take then? Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? I'm, I'm team Jalen Carter right now, but I, Admittedly, still have to look at these guys a little bit harder, but that's where I am right now. It's and close. I think we we probably have a really good idea of what the preference is after free agency as well. Right, that's going to give us a huge clue how they spend their money in March. We're going to have a much better idea of what's happening in April. All right, can we move on to move on to the stadium real quick? Okay, this is from Fields. Justin, Justin Fields. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it was. We'll say this is from Justin Fields. Which stadium was your favorite to visit as a reporter? If you could mash together aspects in your top three favorite stadiums and apply them to the Bears' new stadium, what would it be like? Ooh. I well, top three stadiums for me? Yeah. Minnesota, Green mm-hmm. Bay, and Los Angeles. Um... My first, All for different reasons. Yeah, my first two are definitely the same. Minnesota and Lambeau in that order. I'm trying to think of number three. I mean, I like LA, but... Definitely not the Raiders. That one... We'll keep talking about the aspects of the three stadiums and how you would apply them to the Bears. Green Bay gives you like this unique ambiance. Good luck if you ever if you ever wanted to ask George Pekaski about what he likes about Lambeau Field. 
I don't think he'd even entertain that with a dry Well, I know that. I, joke. I thought he would be willing to compliment the Vikings a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. was wrong. Not not this NFC North rival. You know, he'll he'll have no joke for you. Um, but the ambiance of Lambeau Field, an old stadium, mind you, that looks freaking fantastic. Looks modern. They still have the bench seats, but like the end zone sections that kind of, kind of go straight up. Like the extra seats they created, the boxes they created in each end zone. It's a beautiful field. It really is. And for Kevin Warren, I think it's going to be a source of inspiration because of the history of the Bears. You want to still have that nostalgic feeling, right? That's part of the Bears. That's part of their their charm, right? One of the original franchises, like the NFL franchise. How do you add that ambiance, that feel to their new stadium? And I think Lambeau, the way they updated an old field, gives you some of that inspiration, gives you some ideas. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um. <laughs> you cut that fast. Kent did it. Some listener was saying that we had to pull that as a drop, so there it is. Yeah. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um. Uh, yeah, I just, I, here's the thing though, about what you just said, I I don't, how do you do that if you're going to have a dome, if you're going to have a roof, you look at like how U.S. Bank Stadium was built, there's nothing necessary, ne- necessarily nostalgic about it. But they weren't replacing a nostalgic place in the Metrodome. Here, here's what I'll say about that place though, they still took, I think this is to your point, they still took aspects that fit the Vikings, right? So there's literally old Norwegian architecture built into this brand new shiny stadium. It looks like a Viking ship from above. Inside, they have the Galler horn. They have the drum with the skull chant. These are all things they didn't really do at the Metrodome. So... To me, it's it's a different ambiance than Lambo, but it's still along the same lines of what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, Kevin Warren was. Uh, let me just read you this quote from my story today. What are the attributes of living in Chicago, living in Illinois, that we could tie into it? Warren said, "It's not just about picking up U.S. Bank Stadium and dropping it here, but what fits." And what he means by that is the Bears' history, the city of Chicago, like. For a, a city that has such a rich history in architecture, mm-hmm. I'm with you. He's going to try to implement some of that into that stadium. It's not going to be this ugly spaceship-looking thing like you got in Las Vegas. Right. You got to have like um, an entrance reminiscent to Superdog. Right? You got to have... Uh, like deep dish pizza in there somehow. Maybe the roof looks Those like... Those will be sections, though. Maybe the whole roof looks like a pizza, like from above. So when you fly over, instead of it looking like a Viking ship, it just looks like a deep dish pizza. Save this food conversation for the next question. Okay. But can you imagine like he's, the pillars of Soldier Field? I mean, obviously, he's not knocking them down and moving that. That's illegal. It's a historical landmark. But building that, that could, look... Yeah, you could work that in there. It'll yeah. probably look better. Um, 
What I like about SoFi is you get that amphitheater feel to it. To that point, um, about what you just said, though, about bringing elements from Soldier Field, I almost wonder if that video, that crazy video of the redone Soldier Field, if you just steal aspect. They they did a good job with it, right? You know, the the Veterans Plaza or whatever inside. Like, just, you know, steal the stuff from that video. Yeah, feels a little late. Um, I, I was to continue to answer that question though. Cause I never gave my third one. I really like Seattle. I really like that stadium and just, it's a, it's a different thing, but they did a really good job of like with the, the way the canopies come over the side, it holds yeah. in the noise and it's well, designed to be loud. Um, they have the 12th man, same type of thing. There's built in things that make it unique when you go there. What do the Bears... I'm, I'm being serious with this question. What do the Bears have when you're in the game that sets it apart? Like, I'm talking about, like, the skull chant. The 12th man thing. You know, I, I don't know what really... There's a first down. <laughs> Where? And they're not many On of them, the though. field. <laughs> There's a timeout. Sorry. I totally... There's a timeout. But my guy retired anyway. There's a timeout. Yeah, there. Where? Yeah. On the field. Um, that's a good point. Like, it's a, it's a serious good point. Matt Nagy tried to have the bear raid siren. That's gone. Ugh. Yeah. They got to they gotta find something like that. Something that separates it. That's what, that's what stands out about going to these places, right? Um, now, the Rams, one, the Rams one's kind of dumb. Whose house? Rams house or whatever the hell they say. Some of them are, are a lot of teams in a lot of sports have dumb chance. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> it's, but in terms of like the, the field, soldier field, it's it's the pillars and it's the lakefront. Yeah. Can't move the lake. Nope. That'll be interesting. All right, what's next? All right, this is from David. What is going to be your answer when Mr. Warren ask you for your one thing you would like changed. Does it involve game day fool, food? Fooled. 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 Food. Um, that's an interesting question. question. Um, I, I honestly haven't really thought about that because it's not about us. I don't Yeah, but if the, I'll, I'll say this: if the food is good for the media, odds are the good uh, the food is good for everybody else in the stadium. Well, is this question about the stadium or is it just in general about the organization? I, I think it's the stadium. Oh, okay. Game day food. You got one for the organization? No, I guess that's what I was thinking about. That's why I couldn't. Um, with the stadium. I mean, this is definitely, I guess, selfish because it has to do with the press box. But, like, there's just no room in Soldier Field to move around or work. or Like, we go to all these other stadiums and they're just wide open with eating areas and places to go. It's easier to go podcast when we need to. Workspace, you know what I mean? TVs. Maybe that's the big thing. Can we get, can we get TVs that are... Closer, I don't have to go like this. I, I believe it was Atlanta 
that provided all media members with personal TVs at every single seat. That's awesome. That's something. Um, I think it's just from a media standpoint, and I know this only goes so far, but Soldier Field has probably the worst press box in the league in terms of space, in terms of like modern work environments, and just how the, the, the things have changed for the us. The view is actually good. I would actually try but to that's maintain it. the view because a lot of these other stadiums, like even Minnesota, we're in the corner of the end zone. Yeah. Which is okay. It's open. I I, I would want it open. Since it's an enclosed stadium, I would want to be open. Oh, 100%. Yes. That's one of my now, favorite things about Detroit, Minnesota. Yes. Because now, Detroit, no, you're, yeah. you're way up there. Way up there. Yeah, you're actually in Canada. Yeah, that high up there. Um, You're in Windsor. Different things happen in Windsor. But you're way up there. You got Sexy. Sexy. <laughs> But you get my point. Um, yeah. I don't. It's not going to be end all be all. Um, but if you want to talk about food, I mean, it's Chicago. There should be like a hot dog station, right? With all the Chicago hot dog toppings, right? Yeah. Little ketchup. Those mustard, are the little touches. Yes, those are little yeah. the, the little things like uh, um, like there's an omelet bar in Minneapolis every morning. Yeah. Every morning. I don't even want to tell you what Dallas provides you. It's like one of the best meals you ever have in your life. Yeah. And there's like the candy bar and the, uh, oh, beer in the press box. Yeah. Beer in we the need, press box. We need beer, post-game post, post game beer. Some teams do that. and and But this is like, um, I do think this affects the view of your team from like the, like the national side. You know how... Bears Twitter doesn't like uh, the the national perspective on the Bears. Well, you know what? The what they're getting from the team, not only in like access, but in like the the game day operation of things, which includes food, which includes you know entry and exits of the building, that plays a role in the at least the mood and the outlook from that yeah. reporter. Whether it's the broadcast team, whether it's the national insider that drops in for for a story, that affects them. Here, here's some insight I have from over the years um, from the TV side. I don't know if they fixed this. I don't think they have because Soldier Field was just built the way it is. But I've been told in the past that the camera spots in the stadium are different like compared to where they usually are when you watch a game, like where they put that camera in the upper deck or whatever. Because it's usually like if you watch a football game, there's a, there's the 50 yard line, and I think each 25 or 30, and like as the as they march down the field, they move that camera. Yeah, they don't move the camera, but they move the shot on the what you're watching. And Soldier Field's angles are they. It's a long way of me saying the TV networks don't necessarily like coming to Soldier Field. It's complicated. You ever notice how many times the Packers are on NBC on Sunday Night Football? They love going to Lambeau. There's just little stuff like that baked into the whole equation that matter. Yeah. And it's and not... It, yeah, some of it has to do with the press box and your amenities once you get there. But there's literally logistical things that impact you when your team is on national television. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's... 
about the consumer. That's how fans consume the product, right? And I think Kevin Warren is going to think of every little thing. Like, he, here's another example of Soldier Field. I don't know if everybody knows this, but this, in most cases, the press box includes, well, the TV broadcast for both teams, the radio broadcast, the international broadcast. They're all, we're all together in the same box, have you? But not at Soldier Field. They're on the other side. Of the stadium. Of the stadium. And that's underneath. The only, that's the only stadium I can think of that's like that. Yes. Um, talk to some of these radio play-by-play guys. They can't see kicks. Yeah, when they go in the air, it's a nightmare. So it affects your experience at home when they're when they're calling things. It affects the broadcast because they can't see things. Here's another thing, Adam. You know what's weird though? Paul Allen, the Vikings play-by-play guy, weirdly likes it. Does he? He thinks the view because they're so close down to the field, and it is one of the closer views you can get. He likes he likes where those broadcasts are. Okay, I don't know. He's a, yeah. Um, here's another thing: the all twenty-two. Yes. So if you're going to be Kevin Ward and you're taking insight from everybody, if you've seen the film, I think many of us have, have seen the film of the Soldier Field All-22. It's not really like an All-22. Sometimes the sideline view is like an All-19. I feel like they fix this. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it, it was so better. low. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it it was... could be better. So from a football standpoint, from a football coaching standpoint, it can improve in terms of what sight lines you provide your team so they could fix their own problems with their tape. Let me pull up. I actually have the 49ers game right here. They have fixed this. They got it higher. So it has been a problem. Yeah, no, it was a problem in the past, though. Like It was like really low and hard to watch. They've actually, the league must have said, yo, you got to fix this. You know who will complain about that a lot, though, was the... The Pace Nagy era. Like the bear. You're saying the Bears employees. The Bears, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now it's 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 much better now, so at least they got that. But um you know how when the Bears play the Packers, it's almost always a night game in Green Bay and never in Chicago? Think about what I just said a few minutes ago. That seems like a scheduling uh imbalance, doesn't it? Yeah. Every time the Packers come to Chicago, it gets to be a noon game. Every time the Bears go to Green Bay, it's a night game. And saying night you games get, you got, bring out a little bit more different energy. Yeah, you got to think about stuff like that. All right, All right. Um, what from else? From Bob Dabrowski. I like this one from Bob. Bob. Bobo. Bob gets a question in here. If the city went to the anyway, Bears tomorrow, uh, who cares? <laughs> Not that one. If the city went to the Bears tomorrow, said okay. We'll sell you Soldier Field, land from the museum to McCormick Place for $2 billion. What do the Bears do? So well, for starters, bet- yeah, for starters, this is a conversation they can't have yet until things sort themselves out or have some finality with for Churchill. For $2 billion? Dollars? You get the stadium, though. Who wants the stadium? Want to knock down it's the stadium? Well, now you could use their plans, but this is what the Bears want, want right? This is why Wait, I like. This isn't question. Arlington like a hundred million or something? Just the land, yeah, yeah. But you got to rebuild everything. At least you have something to start with here. Just entertain the idea, Adam Hogue. I mean, that's just too expensive. Well, I think the what I like about this there. question is, is the idea of it because that's what the Bears want. They want their own place. 
Is there land in the city of Chicago where that could be provided? Yeah. Look, I do think I do think that there is I I still think Arlington Heights is the most logical and likely scenario that's still playing out here. But if there is any Hail Mary out there for the lakefront, Kevin Warren's the guy that will find it. He can't right now until they close on this Arlington land, until they own that land. Then they can do whatever the hell they want. But, you know, I I still think it's the, the cost of that land. It's ridiculous compared to what they can get in Arlington, which will be more land, way more land. If you're watching on YouTube right now, Kent is playing the, the video that the city sent to reporters at 5 a.m. Uh, during the last game of the year about modernizing Soldier Field and creating an entertainment district down there. Um, Great idea. <laughs> yeah, cool. Guess who they didn't send it to? The Bears? Me. You? <laughs> I think anybody who's listened to the show over the years knows how big of a stadium nerd I am, just like Kevin Warren. It's just, I laughed that, yeah, I didn't get this video. You didn't get it? I, I saw it after the game that day. It was going around. I like, mean, it, it's... It's fantastic. If you're watching right now on YouTube, this is fantastic. It, it really is. Oh, if they can build this, I'm all in. Without but, a doubt. But do the Bears own it? Like, like, do they get... What do you give the Bears? Like, what type of ownership stake? All of it. Well, I would hope so, but it belongs to the city of Chicago. Well, if you want to keep the Bears, you got to give Sell something up, man. Yeah. Sell the state. I mean, it's... it's it's just like anything else. It's a business deal. And and how bad do you want to keep the Bears? You see that press box sports bar? Looks cool. It does. Wait, there's a bar in the press box? It didn't look like it was in the press box. Maybe across the street, but... Yeah. If it stays open at 3 a.m., you may get a lot of local writers coming in there. <laughs> All right. Was, uh, was Bob the last question? There's a personal one here. Ooh, a personal one. Yeah, we'll end with this. Chicago Bears collector. When are we going on our next vacation photo with Hogan John snackback hats? Ooh. Waiting for you. He also needs a vacation as well. I, You're yes. the one who did this. Yeah, well, you did it too, though. It's true. Uh, I regret to inform everyone, especially my wife, that... Do not have a vacation planned. The closest thing to vacation is a work trip <laughs> in March. Um, so you know, I don't know if that's happening. I mean, we went to Paris a few weeks. I should have. I should have done one in Paris. It was a big yeah. fail by me. International. I had the uh, I had the Hogan Johns winter hat too with me. I wore it around Paris. Big fail by me not to do a photo. Epic fail by you. <laughs> I almost feel like I did. Now I think about it. I mean, look, there's a lot of wine being drank down on that trip, so might have to go through my photos. <laughs> uh, we need to make picks too. Oh yeah, go fast. Yeah, um, I adjusted some of your lines by the way because I think they changed overnight. 
I don't know okay. when you put them in. But anyway, um, yeah, let's do these real quick. Then we'll get out of here. But it's going to be a great weekend of football, I think. Saturday, kicking things off at 3.30 on NBC Jaguars at Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs, Chiefs are eight-and-a-half point favorite. Chiefs by 10. Okay. If not more. If not more. So... The last time these teams played, it was a 10-point game, I think. And um, I think the Jags are better now. And the Chiefs the Chiefs are kind of weird. They they don't blow teams out at when they're home favorites as much as they should. So I think the Chiefs win this game. I got the Jaguars covering them. All right. Culture. History. Spaghetti. These are the things of a boot country called Italia. Hello, I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours. For two generations, my family has provided high-quality tours of Italy to people from all over the world, but mostly Long Island and Jersey. Uh, Fox, 7-15, Giants at Eagles. Eagles are seven-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I love a good rivalry game. Um, You think Jalen Hurts is going to be rusty? Maybe. So, speaking of Paris, this was the game I watched on my way home on the flight, and it was a blowout. It wasn't even close. The Eagles were just running up and down the field, and I can't get that out of my head. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. That was just one game. It was a while ago, and and the Giants are playing pretty good. If Daniel Jones plays like he did last week, this is going to be a close game. So, I think the Eagles win, but I think the Giants cover. Yeah. I can't. I can't go with the upset. Um, I, I'm with you. Giants cover. Eagles win. Just the more talented team of both sides of the ball, and I think Hurts by the end of the day makes more plays than Daniel Jones. Y'all stay Corona free, all right? And God bless. <laughs> all right, moving su- to Sunday, CBS, 2 p.m. Bengals at Bills. This is a great game. Um, they never finished the game. Obviously, a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football. This one's in Buffalo. I am a little surprised at this spread. It is a five-point spread. I think this was two and a half. Bills being favored when it was in Cincinnati a few weeks ago. So maybe that makes sense that it's up to five, but I see two teams that are trending in different directions. If you've really, and I've watched a lot of these teams the last couple weeks. Not a couple weeks, a couple months, quite frankly. The Bengals... I think have quietly been maybe the best team. They beat the Chiefs. They've been on this big run. They're playing great football. They have Joe Burrow who rises to the occasion in the playoffs. The Bills were sloppy as hell last week. And it wasn't just last week. They didn't play well against the Bears. They almost lost to the Dolphins. I think the Bengals not only cover the five, I think they win this outright. I, I'm picking the Bengals as well. I, I get they didn't play great against the Ravens. Like they, they needed an amazing defensive touchdown, right? I understand that. But there's just something about Joe Burrow. You, you kind of hinted at it. Like if, if I I always go to the quarterbacks on these picks, I'm taking Joe Burrow over Josh Allen in this one. I just am. Josh Allen's been just giving the ball away like crazy. Yeah. What does he have, 30 giveaways this year? Mm-hmm. That's insane. In the red zone. Did you say the red zone? No, three. I I think that's overall 30. You combine yeah. his... No, I, I, yeah, 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 but a yeah. lot of them are in the red zone. Yeah, a lot of them are in the red zone. 
you know, look, the bank, the Ravens last week, that's a tough matchup. It's a division rival. The Ravens have a good defense. And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Joe Burrow turned the ball over last week. No. Yeah, I like the Bengals. Me too. All right, Fox 530, Cowboys at 49ers. I love an old school. We got this last year too. Give me Cowboys and 49ers in the playoffs. Just makes makes me feel like the 90s again. Did you see all the clips already on like ESPN already? Oh, I love it. Peter Schrager did this amazing piece last year when these teams played in the playoffs, and I retweeted it the other day because it's just the, the nostalgia is great. Um, and the game last year was decent. It was close. 49ers won. They are a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one game being played, of course, in San Francisco. Give me the 49ers. And can I uh, ask for this uh, on Twitter? When Brock Purdy has a good game, don't ask why Justin Fields can't do the same. I like I understand the the question. I do, but Justin Fields doesn't have Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, who is just a fantastic playmaker. Brandon Ayuk, yeah, and those are some exceptional weapons. Trent Williams at left tackle. He doesn't have that offensive line. If anything, Brock Purdy is the best example. Like the quarterback success in San Francisco is the best example about how the help can actually raise the the success of the quarterback. Give me the 49ers. I am also going with the 49ers. Cowboys were really impressive the other night. Um, but we know better on this show. You can't go in a game like this without your with your kicker missing four straight extra points. Come on now. You're asking me Robbie Gold or Brent Marr? That's his name, right? Brent Marr? Mayor. Mayor? Whatever, man. You don't get to miss four extra points and then have me pronounce your name correctly. (laughs) Special special teams coordinator here, everybody. (laughs) Kent's probably mad right now. Tough love. Sorry, Kent. Kent, who do you think is going to win? Kent? Dallas. He's going Dallas. Oh, I, see I don't it. think he, I don't think he can yeah. flip his video on that quick. He's going Dallas. He's going Dallas. Better, Better quarterback. Oh man. I could see it right now. Just just a quick like digger out to Debo Samuel that he just takes to the house for like 75 yards. Yeah. Little play action. Quick little pass. One broken tackle and gone. All right. 49ers. There you go. It should be a fun weekend of football. We will be back on Tuesday next week. We'll uh, we'll you know talk about everything that happened. See if there's any other news coming down. Uh, it's the NFL. There's still things happening all the time, and uh, maybe it'll quiet down for the Bears here a little bit. But um, we'll have to wait and see. So, in the meantime, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Read all our coverage. Johnsy's on The Athletic. I'm at allchgo.com. Plenty to check out there. And um, Dane Brugler's mock draft that I mentioned earlier, too, is also up on The Athletic. Check that out. And um, obbyshirts.com, all the merch. We are out of here. Have a good weekend, everyone. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um,